I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to The Brand is Female. I created this podcast to share the journey of powerful women who have unlocked their own potential. This week on the show, I'm speaking to Brooke, whose last name she doesn't want used, but you'll find her under Everyday Expert on Instagram. Brooke runs The Heal Hive, a platform for wellness and health advocacy, which focuses on evidence-based holistic healing. I met Brooke as one does in 2019 on social media because we both shared an interest in bees and beekeeping. I quickly became fascinated by her stories of curing health issues using bee venom. We met in California, where Brooke now lives. She had just held one of her first Yale Hive retreats to help individuals suffering from Lyme disease and other chronic illnesses. Brooke is a survivor of Lyme disease herself, an illness which almost claimed her life and which she cured using bee venom therapy. She now also uses bee venom as a fertility treatment after research has proven how effective the protocol is to increase fertility and reverse hormone depletion. If you've ever had to deal with chronic illness or have been from doctor to doctor and done test after test to figure out what was behind your symptoms, you'll appreciate Brooke's story. Um, my name is Brooke. I'm a advocate for those suffering chronic illness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also run a program called the Heal Hive which is promoting safe and effective protocol for healing many chronic illness root causes through the use of bee venom therapy. I just held a uh, Heal Hive retreat Mm -hmm. um, in Sonoma. Wonderful. And we brought together um, uh, about a dozen um, women who have all been in a quagmire of multiple years of fighting chronic illness, um, mostly with Lyme disease, Mm -hmm. but also with um, latent chronic uh, Epstein-Barr virus, and um, all of the modalities they've tried, all the protocols have led them to not getting anywhere. Mm. And um, yeah, so we held a workshop, and what I teach is lab test. Okay. It's actually the one of the longest um, pieces of, of um, my education, mm-hmm. which is if you don't understand how to test right, how comprehensive testing is, and how your doctor has not been taught how to properly comprehensively test you for certain things you will have no idea what you're what you're treating mm. and you will have no idea what root causes are mm. so I look at both lab testing from a molecular cellular level and also epigenetically mm. looking at people's DNA po- possible DNA mutations and what that can clue people in and I found that once people are empowered to understand how they can demand the right tests that are evidence-based mm-hmm. that they're empowered to figure out the root cause and it mm-hmm. helps them distinguish between bad practitioners and good practitioners mm-hmm. um, and what I was surprised to find with these women after spend most of them spent on average about 82 uh, upwards to three hundred thousand dollars on their health Wow some of them seeing doctors um, bi-monthly that mm-hmm. were costing nine hundred dollars an hour some of them had never been tested for their b12 levels never been tested Wow some of them never they were treated for something called SIBO which yes. is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth mm-hmm but never actually had a comprehensive test for it. Wow. Some of them were never sent to a gastroenterologist for an endoscopy. Mm. Some of them were never ever genetically screened for celiac disease. Mm-hmm. What they found, there was a lot of tears that went on because it was having to face just how much the system broke them right. and failed them mm. and did not deliver. And it was very, very hard. But once you teach them 
how to understand what how important lab testing is, evidence-based, not this pseudoscience that we see all on social media and mm -hmm. that's being peddled even by real MDs. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. It empowers them. Mm -hmm. And then I teach them from there the importance of nutrition. Yes. How to bring down inflammation mm -hmm. through both a lifestyle change and also through um, food and eating and diet, mm -hmm. nutrition, and um, and then we go into how to use bee venom safely and effectively, mm -hmm. which most people have a false sense that, oh, it's easy, you just sting yourself with bees. Yes, yes. It isn't. It's a three-dimensional modality mm -hmm. in which you really have to understand and have those comprehensive labs and mm. understand what is going on with your body before you jump in. Yeah. Because bee medicine is incredibly powerful, mm. but it is like anything, it's just medicine. Right. To actually truly heal a broken body, it requires a three-dimensional, you know, um, embrace of all these other factors. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if you're living in a toxic environment, if you're looking at your screen late at night and not getting mm. the right sleep, if you're, you know, eating inflammatory foods, if mm. you're not being screened for celiac, and you think you're eating gluten-free, but you're actually being co constantly assaulted, right. you're, you're still going to have problems. You're not going to get there. So mm -hmm. my goal with people is to empower them to actually figure out how to best have the best amount of knowledge they possibly can, mm -hmm. um, and then use that to be armed to get the answers that they need, and then heal themselves. Mm-hmm. Fantastic and very important work. Thank so, you. and let's start at the beginning because you started, um, you created this platform because of your own personal experience. Yes. Um, tell me a little bit about how that came about. I know you suffered from Lyme disease. Mm -hmm. um, how did that happen and at what point in your life did the, the, you know, the, the health changes happen for you? Sure. So I was very successful New Yorker living, you know, the kind of lifestyle of constant travel. And I started doing work in London. Mm -hmm. um, and so during that time that I was going back and forth between New York and London, I started ha having these really, really bizarre symptoms. I would have night sweats and literally have to change my sheets and my I'd have a stack of pajamas next to my sheet, sometimes two or three times a night. Mm. Um, I started getting massive migraines, ocular migraines, which I would go blind or like everything would go wow. dark in one eye, um, neck pain and unable to move my neck side to side, um, but, and, and panic attacks. Mm. But I went to neurologists, you know, saw the best doctors in New York and London. They put me on migraine medication, it didn't work. You know, I went to chiropractors, they did x-rays, they couldn't figure out anything. There was no... There was no comprehensive result I got from seeing literally probably over two dozen doctors. Mm -hmm. But I started changing my lifestyle. I started eating better. I started, you know, gentle exercises, bathing my body. And the problem is, is that these symptoms kind of ebbed and flowed. Like mm. sometimes they got really bad, sometimes they just completely disappeared. Okay. So it was really easy to dismiss them when they disappeared yes. because I was also traveling. Yeah. And I see that a lot with, con with yeah. chronic illness. Mm -hmm. Women, especially after having babies, autoimmune diseases come up or they might have been exposed mm. to something that, you know, gets, gets you know, re-agitated in their body like, you know, chronic EBV. And they dismiss it because they think, oh, it's just the baby. Oh, it's just because I'm busy. Oh, it's just the new We job. attribute it to something yeah. else going on in our life. Yeah. And um, now I know that if your body isn't working for you, mm. there's something going on. Right. So all of a sudden, everything disappeared. Literally didn't have a problem that I thought for about two years. However, I started coming down and um, having melanoma. Mm. One after another, I lost about half my calf to the first one. It was wow. pretty serious. Serious enough to lose that much muscle, um, but not serious enough to have to get chemo, thankfully. Okay. Um, and 
I thought I was in the clear. I thought, oh, this is just a, you know, a, a, a weird occurrence. And, and you then, didn't think the two incidents were related? No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I came, I came down with uh, pre-cervical cells. Um, so I, I started having all of these bizarre mm. cancerous issues coming up um it was obviously it was obvious to me my immune system wasn't working right but i wasn't fatigued i wasn't having Mm. anxiety issues that i thought i wasn't having digestive issues and i was working you know 14 hour days and running around the city you know running shit so i just thought your energy level was still you know was still fine what i wasn't considering is the amount of sleeping pills i had to take at night okay what i wasn't considering was the fact that you know i had been maybe a social smoker, which back in New York, that was a thing back then. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, you know, never re- buy cigarettes myself, never store them. I'd have a pack of marble lights in my, in my freezer. Mm. And I was, I mean, this is later in my life after I skipped the, the teen years of doing this and my early twenties. Mm-hmm. And I realized that looking back that my, I was trying to manage my anxiety. Right. Um, and, uh, I started having massive, um, mood swings and but yet, I was healthy, right? I was going to work. Um, and then when flus and cold season would come around, yeah. my um, my colleagues would maybe be out for two days. Yeah. If I got a cold, I'd be out for a week, two weeks, yeah. 10 days, and yeah. t- it would take forever to get over. So I didn't, but yet I dismissed it because all the other doctors dismissed it. And then, so the day before I got bit again, that day I threw a huge event in New York City. And when you say before you got bit again, did you oh. know you had been bit? So when I finally got <coughs> screened properly for Lyme, they can look at certain bands on your blood test and figure out, because of an antibody um, buildup, mm-hmm. potentially how long you've had it. Mm-hmm. So I had bands for a recent infection when I finally got tested properly, okay. Okay. and bands for a longer infection that was within a five-year mark, okay. which hit exactly around the time I first started having these symptoms right after a summer in the Hamptons. Okay. So it all made sense. There was evidence yes. that you would have been bit at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And many, many people dismiss uh, a tick bite because mm-hmm. one, they're the size, they're smaller than a poppy seed mm-hmm. in many cases. You'll never feel them. Mm-hmm. They can t- uh, drop from branches in the middle of a city um, okay. while you're sitting on concrete. So you're right? not necessarily in the countryside. Yes. Mm-hmm. You just have no idea. Okay. Um, and sometimes the first initial reaction will be feeling like you have a little bit of flu. Right. And then it disappears. Mm. So it's impossible. Now I look back and I'd never had these issues before. And night sweats, ocular migraines, mm. panic attacks, they're, and neck pain is mm. literally classic Lyme symptoms. Okay. So now I know yeah. it was. However, I think many people become that debilitated, sick with Lyme when they get in exposed again right when their body okay. and their immune okay. system is already broken down yeah. in these ways to cause reoccurring cancers reoccurring autoimmunity yeah. issues and the root cause hasn't been found mm. and then they get bit again and then their system just can't handle it because right. after the first bit bite the first exposure they're they still had a working immune system right but what Lyme can do underneath mm. the surface is be slowly working into your brain working into your lymph working into your bone mm. working into your spine and literally causing damage without you knowing. Right. So that's what happened to me, and I got bit again. So just to give you context, the day before I got bit, I threw a huge event in New York, had a full 14-hour day, drove myself, um, you know, four hours through, 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 um, I had a, you know, I had a meeting in the morning, a big board meeting, you know, drove myself through uh, traffic, Mm -hmm. four hours, 
and then played two doubles games of tennis and okay. won both. My team won both. And then that Super night, women. yeah, then that <laughs> night, and then partied all night long. Mm. That night I got, um, I got bit. I woke up in the morning. I saw the tick bite this time. Okay. Went directly to the doctor. I was never told to save the tick. Yeah. So it never got screened for co-infections. Okay. okay. That's something that is essential. Mm. Um, I was told that two weeks of antibiotics was fine. And it's not. Minimum of a month, if not six weeks, just to be double double sure mm-hmm. in the beginning of mm-hmm. the exposure. But that really didn't matter. And I'll tell you why. Because the minute that I got bit, the minute I went on antibiotics, I started feeling worse. Okay. The antibiotics didn't make me feel better. Mm. The reason is, is because I already was very, very sick with Lyme disease. From that first bite. Exactly. And the antibiotics, all they did was start killing off mm. the Lyme bacteria that was already rampant in, in my body. body. And so I started having a reaction to the die-off of the endotoxins. Mm. And literally from that night, the day before, I, or the day of, I was playing two games of tennis. Um, the next day, I was, I was down for the count, and I pretty much did not exercise for another three years from that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I quickly descended into utter hell. Um, my, my tick had a secondary co-infection called babesiosis. Okay. It's a kind of form of malaria. Um, it's in the same family right. and does the same thing. It, um, it affects our blood cell production. You literally start dying from the inside and um, it is very dangerous. People can die from babesiosis. So when mm. doctors say, oh, don't worry about tick bites, you know, you can't die from them. That is absolutely false. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I didn't know what it was. I thought I'd taken the right amount of antibiotics. Mm. Um, after the first week, I was back in the city and I wanted to get to the doctor. I had no energy to get to the doctor. Mm. I literally spent about two days. My doctor was five block walk away, two days in bed, just mustering up the energy to be like, I need to go in to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just didn't have the resources then to know to call in a doctor to yeah. get myself to a hospital. Yeah, 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 yeah. And people say, well, why didn't you call your friends? And the one thing I can explain is when you're that sick, mm. when you're that compromised, you don't even have the energy to call a friend. You yeah. don't even know where to start of like which friend to call first and how yeah. to explain it. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. also think this isn't forever. Yeah. This is temporary. It's going to get better. Tomorrow I'm going to get better. Yeah. The next day. So you wait. Yeah. You know, as you're told, uh, taught to wait after a cold or a flu. Yes. Oh, that's what most order in some time. Yeah. Yeah. Order You'll feel in. better in a few days. So when I finally got to the doctor, he took a look, you know, he's like, let's test you for this and that. Never once mentioned Lyme, even mm-hmm. though I was living in an epicenter of Lyme disease. Um, and you knew you had been bitten. You knew you knew I there was a bite. I, I knew I'd been bitten, yes. Yeah. And I said, well, do you think it's Lyme disease? Yeah. Um, but Lyme bacteria is named after a doctor named Bergdorfer. Bergdorfer found the Lyme bacteria on Shelter Island. Okay. That was where it was first found. Okay. I was living on Shelter Island. Okay. But yet, completely dismissed. <laughs> this doctor, this GP kept trying to tell me that I was probably depressed and having panic attacks. Mm. And he wanted to put me on um, antidepressants and Xanax Mm. and literally made a prescription for that. That was his first go-to. Okay. Gives you an idea of just how broken the system is. Um, It took me another three months to get properly tested. By the time I got tested, my babesiosis was out of control. New York State refused to um, release my test results to my doctor for three weeks. Because Why? they thought 
they thought it was a mistake. Okay. They kept demanding I got retested huh. because most people wouldn't be alive with my numbers. Okay. It would actually have killed the, the equivalent, my doctor explained to me finally, was that a large bull cow, because cows come down with babesiosis okay. as well, okay. would have died from this. Wow. It's a walking miracle I'm alive today. Wow. Um, when they finally figured out that my numbers were so high and I was so sick, instead of calling me, he sent an ambulance right over to my house. It was that severe. Mm. And yet this was, I was told I had panic attacks. I was told I was making things Anxiety, up. Anxiety, yeah. I was told mm -hmm. that it was just something that was going to go away. Mm -hmm. um, at that time, the damage that had already been happening was, was too far gone. Mm. Um, I spent the last, n the next few months um, being prescribed all the modalities of medication from IV antibiotics to oral antibiotics to IV antivirals to oral antivirals to herbal protocols. I just got sicker and sicker and sicker. No doctor also prescribed how to get rid of all of the endotoxins that were being produced, how to make sure that I was you know, going to the bathroom correctly to mm. actually get rid of all the byproduct of all these horrible chemicals mm. they were pumping through me. No one explained any of the structure of what was going on in my body. Okay. They just let me go. Mm. Um, I was barely functional. I, every day I wanted to die. Um, every day I almost hoped I did. Mm. And um, my friends still say, well, why didn't you explain this to me? Yeah. I'm like, it was too hard to. Yeah, where do you start? Yeah, where do you start? <laughs> and I just didn't have the energy. I literally, babesiosis was right. taking all my red blood cells. I had no energy right. to explain. To, uh, even speaking one sentence was hard, yeah. much less. So how am I supposed to like call you up and say, I need chicken soup? And explain and, like, Yeah, thing. explain yeah. it. It's just too hard. Um, I would, you know, once a, once a week order in from the local deli, mm. whatever I could possibly cobble together. I was really lucky at the time that I had like a juice store and that had like some soups across the street okay. that I could you know order in yeah. but I couldn't even get there I yeah. had ordered in um and I crawled I wasn't able to walk I right. soon lost my ability to walk and so I'd crawl around my apartment crawl to the bathroom crawl to the refrigerator um sometimes I would just eat drink like cold soup at night yeah. because I couldn't actually stand up on the stove to warm it and, up yeah to warm it up um and then I reached out to people who I heard had chronic Lyme and there were few that knew what it was at the time. And this wasn't that long ago, you know, maybe six years ago. But it was, you know, awareness has spread rapidly. And also Lyme disease has spread rapidly. There are mm -hmm. some areas of the United States where Lyme disease has spread 600% in five years. Wow, Which is why, crazy. you know, when mm -hmm. people dismiss, oh, everyone is told that they have Lyme. Well, yeah, because it's growing 600%. Right, right. And these ticks are invasive. Yeah. And climate change is encouraging tick it's proliferation. Yeah. And there's many other factors too, yeah. but no, it's not a, it's not a broad strokes. Everyone's Lyme disease. Mm -hmm. Everyone does or will, or their potential to be exposed. Mm. It's also been proven to, um, uh, it's harder for a, a woman to give it to a man. Okay. But if men have Lyme, they can give it to women. Really? Yeah. Hmm. It's, even spirits have been found in saliva, though that's not been proven that there's a transmission, so don't be scared that yeah, way. Yeah. But yeah, these are happen. these are bacterial infections and hmm. they can live in sperm. Mm -hmm. So if a woman is probably immune compromised already. She yeah. Or having she a can cold, contract it that way. She could contract it that yeah. way. Um That's so scary. It's scary. Mm -hmm. Most women who have battle chronic Lyme who think that they're in their clear and they get pregnant, mm -hmm. many times they'll find their three year old is starting to act weird. And they think it's other factors mm. they get tested for Lyme. And I see it too often. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, I say to young women, get rid of the Lyme first. Yeah. It's better to be healthy before you try. Before you, yeah, yeah. have a baby. Um, and even Canada is one of the first to actually acknowledge the science mm -hmm. and acknowledge the reality. And they just passed a law 
saying that um, if a woman has Lyme disease, the OBGYN has to screen them properly, has to explain, you know, the risk factors. Mm-hmm. In America, they don't. Okay. They don't even test, bother to test them. Okay. Okay. So that gives you, so Canada is yeah, a little bit ahead. A little bit ahead on that front. So anyways, mm-hmm. so long end to my story is that I ended so, up. How long were you extremely ill for? Around eight months, mm-hmm. like of that, where I was getting help from quote Lyme doctors. Yeah. I had been properly diagnosed, which also took a really long time to get to. Um, but I wasn't, I mean, I was literally dying. So I found some people with chronic illness. Um, one of them was like, I've gained some of my life back from going to this clinic um, in New Mexico. I followed her there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was marginal changes, but I was now able to read a paragraph. Okay. I was now able to speak a few sentences. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to walk without a wheelchair. Wow. So I thought you, this And obviously was you couldn't you couldn't work for eight months. Like this was completely oh, yeah. no, life I couldn't work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There my, my job was over. My yeah. life was over. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I was willing to spend the ten to twelve thousand dollars a week that this clinic was costing me. Mm-hmm. Um because I, I thought it was a miracle. Yeah. And then about a few months in, um interesting well, actually the first time I went to the clinic uh, the first week, I believe, she actually introduced me to a woman who was doing bee venom therapy. Okay. I got my first sting. <coughs> uh, it really freaked me out. Mm-hmm. I dismissed it. Okay. Um, I was also on a massive amount of other things. Right. So that sting actually caused me to her- to have this Herx reaction. Yeah. This die off so quickly that. Um, I felt ill and sick and it scared me and Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was the bee venom or the science of it was not explained by this woman. It was a little bit more of like incense burning and, you know, holistic, spiritual, spiritual, and Mm -hmm. it caused me to dismiss it. Okay. I never thought about it again. Yeah. Um, But what's interesting to me is that literally I could have saved myself over $180,000 if I would have been told about the science of bee venom therapy at that yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead it just scared me and it just seemed too esoteric. Okay. Um, so I dismissed it. Mm-hmm. I spent the next two years literally bouncing back and forth to the clinic, spending so much money, being told I had to heavy metal collate, I had parasites, I had this or that, and I realized I wasn't getting anywhere. Right. I was at the clinic again. I was still so sick that they had to put a port in my chest so I could give myself my own IVs at home. And my parents had come to visit me finally. And I, we, I was at a restaurant. And one of the nurses who was at the clinic, who was giving me my daily IVs mm-hmm. for months at a time, I pointed to my dad and I said, because my dad was basically saying, I don't know about this crap. You know, you're not getting anywhere. You're spending all this money. And I was spending my own money at the yeah, time. Yeah. But I was saying to my parents, I'm almost out of money. I need you guys yeah. to step in. Yeah. My dad, luckily, is so cheap. And he's just like, this isn't working. I don't want to pay for this. Like, we have to figure out something else. Yeah. So as I'm starting to get really nervous, I point, I see the nurse who worked at the clinic sitting at the restaurant. I said, okay. well, daddy, no, this is working. She did it and she's all better. She had chronic Lyme as bad as I did. Okay. She's a single mom, three kids, like, and look at her. She works every day. Like, and so I was just basically desperate to convince my dad, do not give up. Do yeah. not make me stop this. He marches over. He says, I'm Brooke's dad. You know, like, how did you get yourself better? And she got really quiet. And my dad could tell something else was up. Mm. She's like, I don't want to lose my job. And he goes, what do you mean? She's like, well, I didn't get better from any of the stuff that I, that broke I do. Yeah. And he goes, what do you mean? She's like, I don't want to lose my job. And my dad is like, you're going to tell me now? 
or you will lose. Like, I will start I figuring will this you, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, she goes, bee venom. Hmm. She's like, I cured myself completely from chronic Lyme that had me almost on the, my deathbed through hmm. bee venom. My dad is like, you're going to teach my daughter. She's like, I don't want to lose my job. My dad's like, we won't say a thing. Wow. So I would go to the clinic every morning. i get the expensive modalities that weren't working. And then she'd secretly <laughs> sting me on the side. Okay. So, okay. so um, it was through her that you really yeah. figured out it. So work. in the first month, I was doing, it was the first time I was doing consecutive mm-hmm. stings. And um, all of a sudden, I realized there was a difference. Within three weeks, I took, I just felt like I was at dog park having my dog go to the bathroom. And I felt like going on a hike. Hmm. And I did like a mile and a half hike by myself. And I was like. That I wanted to, that my yeah. body was calling for it. Yeah. Before, I just wouldn't even think about That's that. That's it. Because it was just, yeah. I was just in a, a fog of, of pain and joint pain yeah. and fatigue. And I knew. So you could feel the energy coming back. I knew. Mm-hmm. And so I quickly went to her and mm-hmm. I said, please teach me. And, you know, she never taught anyone. And she prescribed from a slightly different method, which uses more acupuncture points. Okay. And I didn't want to learn that method because I didn't know acupuncture. And I didn't yeah. want to be reliant on someone else. Um, and so she basically taught me the basics, which mm-hmm. are simple. It's just, but yet again, I have to say to people, the medicine seems simple, but it's actually much more complex. Right. And you have to have gone through looking at root causes, figuring out environmental factors, mm-hmm. and you have to do it safely and, and effectively. There's a lot of Facebook groups out there that don't do it, that don't make sure people are out of toxic mold, that don't make sure mm-hmm. people are eating low histamine, that don't make sure people have been screened properly for genetic mutations like mm-hmm. celiac and autoimmune disease and hypothyroidism and yeah. Hashimoto's. Yeah. And so it gives bee venom a bad name because mm-hmm. it's people... You can't just, I mean, like any medicine, Yeah, it's It's, it's not as simple as, it's not, it's simple. not one size fits yes. all either. But luckily, with my education over now the last, you know, two years of, of what I had osmotically kind of absorbed through going to all of these many different types of doctors, I had a very good idea of how to start screening myself and testing myself. Mm-hmm. So um, I felt emboldened and I basically was hemorrhaging money. My parents didn't want to pay anything more. I had a few thousand dollars left. I had one of my best friends was like, I have a gas room closet, windowless closet. Mm-hmm. Um, I need some help. She was getting through, going through a divorce. I need some help with my teenage kids and like walking the dogs. Mm-hmm. Like it's yours. Okay. I moved into her closet mm-hmm. and <laughs> I started bee stinging. Okay. Um, and I started getting healthier mm. and healthier. Mm-hmm and seeing friends more, and mm-hmm. seeing my life. And I actually went back to that crazy place called Shelter Island. Okay. Um, because I thought, you know, why not? I still wasn't so aware of how bad Lyme is, like how it's literally just, the Hamptons is one of the worst places to really? contract Lyme. Wow. So I had a summer house there that made me happy, and I was able to rent out rooms, and I just wanted to go back to my happy place. Yeah. And I went back there and spent the whole summer stinging. And I just, I mean, to the point that I wasn't running, but I was going on three hour hikes Mm. with my friends. I was going out at, I was able to have the energy levels to go out at night and share a meal. I started feeling human and my expensive Lyme doctor started getting very nervous Mm -hmm. that his cash cow was (laughs) starting to slowly disappear. (laughs) So he called me. And did, he, did he know about the bee stinging? He knew, at that point he knew about the bee stinging, but I didn't want to give him, I didn't want to ruin her, the, the nurse's, you know, right. um, um, privacy. Right. So I 
it was it was at least known enough in the community that it didn't seem crazy that I was on my own in the Hamptons. I found bees and stinging myself. Okay, so that was the story. Yeah. Um. He never bothered to check my labs. He never said, you know what? Let's see how you're doing with yeah, the venom. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. No. Um. He just said, you know what? The fact that you're doing so good, let's just ramp that up. Let me give you an experimental low dose immunotherapy. I was like, okay. Um. He's like, you're going to. Sh- shoot yourself up for like the next two weeks mm-hmm. it's going to be about $2,500 they're going to send you this on ice uh he didn't tell me that it can crash your immune system he did not tell me that you should not be when you start it mm-hmm. be eating raw vegetables and in fact he told me which has some legitimacy mm-hmm. but you have to be careful when you're immune compromised to eat to not fully sterilize my vegetables but that the soil microbes are really healthy if, as long as they're coming from organic farm okay so i'm doing well i'm, I'm seeing the light and I decide I'm going to shoot myself up with this LDI mm-hmm. because of the fact I was so close. Yeah. I could see the finish line. Yeah. And this was a doctor that was promising me yes. that extra step. Yeah. Well, I shoot myself up, doing so well. Two days later, I can barely move. I, I have some friends grab me, take me back to the city. Two days later, one of my dearest friends just had this weird feeling and she calls me up and she heard my voice. She rushes over. She said, I've never smelled death, like walking into your room. You smelled like death. She rushed me to the hospital. They thought I had spinal meningitis. They thought I, I mean, it was a slew of things they tested me for, spinal taps, all that. Right. Um, and I, I kept getting sicker and sicker. Mm-hmm. Um, I started spiking 106 degree fevers. And they had to fly down to biologists from Boston because I had contracted a infection, bacterial infection called radiobacter. I was the first person in the United States to ever contract it. The ninth or tenth in the world. That's nuts. And it, only other people who've ever had it yeah. were in massively immune, were massively immune compromised yeah. and in third world countries. Wow. Um, so they didn't. That's how they didn't even know how to they, figure out what it was. Yeah. And how, so how do you think you contract? Obviously, well, whatever protocol you were soil, on, crash your immune system. It's a soil-based um, okay. bacteria. Okay. So I was told to juice. Hmm. My dirty vegetables, why I was immune comp, why I was given something t- that crashed my immune system to hopefully rebuild it. And it came from the soil. And it came from the soil. Mm. And it nearly killed me. Um, I, I'm a walking miracle that I'm alive. Yes. Um, and I think those doctors, you know, there's great doctors yeah. out there, there's yes. bad doctors. Yeah. But they figured it out. They saved my life. Right. And after I got out of the hospital, I realized that I was never going to become a victim. Mm-hmm to the snake oil mm-hmm. that even MD doctors were selling for chronic illness. Right. That I was only going to use evidence-based mm-hmm. and that basically I was going to stop being a, a guinea pig mm. that's not paid. At least in big farm, guinea pigs are paid. Yeah. Or they're part of clinical studies where they get the medicine for free. Right. I realized I was the guinea pig for these doctors. Yes. But I was not you were only spending your own for money. It, not only, but yeah. spending probably 10 to 20 times the cost. Right. And it was only after that that I realized that sometimes I was getting glutathione IVs or magnesium IVs that were charging me hundreds of dollars in New York for when I realized the wholesale value for some of these was $20, $30. I realized that the whole system was really, really screwed up Mm -hmm. and really exploitative. Mm -hmm. Um, And I finally trusted the bees. Mm. And so I just relied on them. And I still ran into some roadblocks. You know, I hadn't been properly screened for autoimmune disease. Yeah. I had to figure out for myself that I had something called pernicious anemia. Mm-hmm. 
I had to figure out for myself celiac um but once i did and once i got myself and got myself tested for toxic mold got myself out of the moldy environment sadly i had to throw out most of my beautiful clothes that i amassed living a mm-hmm. you know fabulous life as a new yorker mm-hmm. but once i got rid of all that i just went up and up and up and um it was very very clear to me very quickly that uh, bee venom was incredibly powerful and mm-hmm. then as I saw it working, like nothing else did, I then started looking into the science of it and mm-hmm. educating myself. And literally every day I was reading one more study and I was gobsmacked that mm-hmm. there's there's an element in our nature that is this powerful. Mm-hmm. And big farm is all racing to patent the different yeah. aspects of the yeah. antiviral aspects, the antibacterial, mm-hmm. the anti-tumor, the anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all, they all know about it. Mm-hmm. They don't want to share yeah, <laughs> the it. news. Yeah. Doctors know about it, mm-hmm. but um, they'll, they'll tell their patients otherwise. Mm. And, uh, and then I found out that one of the most famous um, chronic Lyme doctors who runs a big institute, um, someone sent me a video about 10 years ago mm-hmm. in which he was asked, how did you, he had chronic Lyme himself. Okay. How did you cure your chronic mm-hmm. Lyme? And he said, live bee venom. Wow. But yet he refuses to treat his own patients with it. That makes no sense. Well, because most patients spend a minimum of $100,000 a year at the clinic. He makes more money off that way. Yeah. Mm. Keep the mill. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the wow. story. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> after this journey, um, so you decided to do something about it and be able to share your knowledge that you had <laughs> yeah. you had acquired and, and figured well, out on I your first, own journey. I first didn't. Mm-hmm. I first wanted to make sure after I stopped the protocol that it didn't come back. Okay. What I started seeing on it, on social media is people desperate to cure themselves, mm-hmm. desperate to have hope, mm-hmm. and also wanting to help others, having mm-hmm. that empathy, not wanting anyone else to suffer. So sharing protocols that hadn't necessarily fixed them or cured them, mm-hmm. but because they want to believe that the $20,000 they just spent worked, that they were willing to tell people that it was working. Mm. And desperate people then jump on the bandwagon. I knew how powerful bee venom was. I did not want to be that one to be like, everyone do this. And yeah. then, ha ha, it didn't work, it came back. Yeah, right. So I want to test myself. I had no idea how quickly I would be <coughs> tested. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out about six months, eight months after um, finishing the protocol that my mother had terminal cancer. I I'm so sorry. lost her. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I lost her within three and a half months. And um, I was her main caregiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the only child. Mm-hmm. She was my best friend. And I didn't sleep. Mm-hmm. I lived on coffee. I couldn't eat. Right. And I was expecting that if there was any Lyme bacteria left in my body, that this was the time. And I just knew that I, I was just basically counting my adrenaline system right. to work. Right. I was like, I'm going to crash after this. I'm going to yeah. crash. Yeah. And then I was also leaving New York that I lived in for 22 years. Yeah. I'm moving to a new city. Mm-hmm. And I literally moved to LA three days after I lost my mom. Okay. And I was like, okay, between a cross-country move and losing my mother yeah. in three and a half months, it's yeah. coming back. And it didn't. It didn't. And then I realized it's now time for me to start advocating. And within right. a, like... I let myself mourn a bit, mm-hmm. um, and then slowly started um, s- started spreading the word. Mm-hmm. And now um, my biggest challenge is to spread the word without emboldening those that have not 
figured out all the other environmental factors mm-hmm. to start doing it themselves because it is a very powerful medicine and mm-hmm. if used incorrectly like anything if you drink too much water you can die from drinking too much water right um bee venom is incredibly powerful very mm-hmm. few people will ever have um that less than one percent of the population has uh, anaphylactic reaction right. so it's very rare but it needs to be done properly right and so based. right now i am advocating but what i am saying to people is to you know make sure you educate yourself before you jump in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and tell me about what you're doing today. So you're running the, the retreats. Yeah, so I've built the Heal Hive. Mm-hmm. The idea behind it is that it's um, basically a advocacy platform. Okay. And also a platform for wellness in which I'm curating um, hand-selected healers. And when I say healers, nutritionists, yogis, meditation experts, mm-hmm. scientists, um, to help build education that's Mm -hmm. evidence-based holistic healing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so no one that i bring in for this platform is um selling peddling advocating anything that has has not been clinically tested or scientifically proven Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and the idea is to take out all the white noise that's in social media Mm -hmm. to dial it down to trusted experts that really really can deliver on what people need right now, which mm-hmm. is answers and yeah. practical solutions. Mm-hmm. I'm working a patent pending protocol for Heal Hive, not to own bees because mm-hmm. no one can, but to protect um, the modality and how I healed myself was very strategic. Okay. And I use myself as my own guinea pig. Mm-hmm. And I there's no other bee venom therapy protocol out there that is as rigorous and as strategic, I guess you could say, as mine. Mm -hmm. And I want it to be protected. I don't want these exploitative doctors out there to then realize that, oh my God, the awareness is out there. Everyone knows about bee venom. I'm going to jump on the bandwagon now and then try and exploit it. So in order to protect it, I'm working on creating that structure to protect it and then building out a nonprofit that um, really, really builds on the advocacy and getting... The awareness out there and teaching doctors literally how to screen for Lyme disease mm-hmm. um, and so I think one of the biggest you know ways to do that is prevention right so yes. mm-hmm. yeah um, my background is that the first thing I ever did what I ever built on my own was a private uh, writers club in New York City and ran a nonprofit on my own mm-hmm. for 10 years that was very successful okay. so then I went into I had formerly been a journalist mm-hmm. and then went back into magazines and media after mm-hmm. the nonprofit after 10 years I would I'd done enough of that mm-hmm. and so I'm coming into building the heel hive with this new knowledge I've acquired about wellness mm-hmm. and evidence-based holistic healing but bringing my nonprofit building having built and ran a successful nonprofit, non-profit. into the mix yeah. and also working in media mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Um, yeah I almost look back at my life and realize that I have not chosen it the path has chosen me yes yeah, yeah. And you're really, I mean, it's what you've lived and, and what you, by hearing what you've experienced over the, the past, because when, when did this start, the, the whole process of you figuring out you had Lyme getting sick up to this point, how many years did that take? Um, I mean, if you look back at the initial, probably it took three years to mm-hmm. get properly, I mean, three years to have that crash. Right. Yeah. So my body was sick for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people will say, oh, my gosh, it's so scary bee venom therapy. It took you, like, two and a half, three years. And I say, well, I was sick for eight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's That's not nice. that scary. Yeah. And, you know, you you, you just, I'm, this is the analogy I, 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 I speak to when people are very scared to start it and they realize how long of a protocol it is. Mm-hmm. I say, the way to think about it is that every other modality I tried to 
restore my own health was like being on a roller coaster, but being on a flat plane mm. on like a desert of flatness in mm-hmm. which you're going up and down, but you're getting nowhere. Mm-hmm. I said, bee venom for me, I was still on a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. I was up and down, except I was climbing a mountain. Right. And there was a top of the mountain and you know, mm-hmm. there's sky after that. Mm-hmm. And that is a difference. Right. Right. So in, in doing this, um, I'm sure you are making several enemies because the medical community Major is enemies. not ready. The pharma industry, the supplement, we were just talking about big supplement. That is also an issue because wellness Instagram stars mm-hmm. that are making a lot of money mm-hmm. by peddling and being sponsored and paid mm-hmm. to peddle, you know, pseudoscience, like yeah. muscle testing yeah. and uh, supplements that don't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, many mm-hmm. enemies. And you've asked to not have your last name used, and I'm assuming because there are people who are trying to stop you in your tracks and stop you from what you're or trying to build. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the, the, for me, I'm not scared. I'm just encouraged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, because you know you found the yeah. path and you're doing something right. Yeah, and I've mm-hmm. never been intimidated by... By bullies, so mm-hmm. I do feel I'm the right person to take on this challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And tell me about the the retreats that you that you run now, and you were just talking about when that concluded. So, how can uh, women reach out to you and become a part or participate in, um, in the they retreats can, themselves? They can go to uh, at the Heel Hive mm-hmm. on Instagram, mm-hmm. and then DM, get on mailing list, um, and. We're building out, we're right now in the beta test um, um, level of the website, but it's going to be a place to get true evidence-based knowledge, mm-hmm. where to test, how to test, how to figure out the right doctor. Um, and then the retreats are for an immersive experience. Okay. It's really, really hard. There's no other place I've ever... I basically created the Heal Hive Retreats to be that fantasy wellness boot camp mm-hmm. that didn't exist, okay. that I wish had, <laughs> that I wish that I could have saved mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars by learning how to lab test, where my lab test went wrong, mm-hmm. how to read between the lines, how to actually eat properly. Mm-hmm. What I mean, you can eat an autoimmune paleo diet, yeah. but if you are eating too much oxalates and you're oxalate sensitive and you haven't screened yourself genetically, mm-hmm. Then you're getting you're yourself doing into more trouble. Harm. Yeah. So it's it's really it's really hard to dissect that in Instagram. Yeah. I yeah. love Instagram yeah. for sharing. It's like a great place to it's like a billboard of life. Yes. You can read the billboards. Yeah. But you really need to to read the full book. Right. You, you're not yeah. really going to understand that. Yeah. Um, I can't teach people the full book mm-hmm. in one weekend or mm-hmm. four over four days. But what I can give them is a platform and a foundation to start with the fundamentals mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. they can go from there. Mm-hmm. And that's important. And for someone, so I think you're making a really good point. It's about getting getting the data, getting the, the proper test, tests. not guess. That so, is my mantra. So we understand exactly what's going on with our health. How can we, you know, somebody who, and, 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 and for someone who maybe doesn't have line but just has, you know, and, and, and I know I'm, I'm one of them. We're just having that discussion. Um, you know, I have um, hypothyroidism. My doctor has confirmed that. It's a low level, but I, I know I have symptoms, but I have been very much trying to figure it out on my own. I'm not getting support from, um, you know, from, from my doctor or the medical community to, to figure out how to treat it. Um, how can women take control of their health and figure out, you know, what to ask their doctor? What tests do they need to be getting? And we all know that's hard because um, doctors often don't share all of the information that we should be getting access to. And imposing a certain test on a doctor can be very difficult and intimidating for, for a woman to ask. So, for example, pernicious anemia, to answer this, is an autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. It is more common 
than we think it is. Um, and what happens is that it can create a lot of false high B12 numbers. And you think that doctors are educated in testing. You think after eight years of medical school, they, they really they understand can it. That. They have about five minutes of pernicious anemia. I've had doctors literally have to look it up to re-educate themselves on what it is. Mm. Um, and you look like you have high B12 numbers, and they're not taught that necessarily, or they've forgotten it with the huge amount of school mm. schooling they had. So you'll go to them. You'll be fatigued. You'll barely be able to function. You have things like neuropathy, dropping objects, tingling hands and mm -hmm. feet, you know, um, angina, heart palpitations, classic pernicious anemia symptoms. And they hear that you have Lyme, they hear you have hypothyroidism, they hear you're stressed, they dismiss you. Mm -hmm. How do you educate yourself? How do you empower yourself? Sadly, it's a lot of work. Sadly, you have to, you know, I think we're taught a lot, don't Google your symptoms. You yes. go down a rabbit hole. Yeah. That's true and not true. Mm -hmm. You have to. Mm -hmm. I always say to people, if you sus suspect something, learn as much about it. Mm -hmm. Educate Print yourself. out. And don't, don't at all believe that your doctor knows more than Google. Mm -hmm. Many times they know less. Right. Go in with printouts about symptoms, mm -hmm. what they are, but not only that, how to test for them. Mm -hmm. Because you might think that your doctor knows how to test for it? Mm -hmm. They do not. I educate doctors all the time on how to screen for pernicious anemia. Mm. It is a simple blood test mm -hmm. for antibodies mm. that any doctor, any insurance covers. But yet, people with chronic illness, a lot of times these genetic mutations will turn on. They're never screened for it. Right. And that is a simple solution. So Google is your friend, not mm -hmm. going down the rabbit hole, but mm -hmm. using it strategically and mm -hmm. in a directed manner. Mm -hmm. And to then be able to have a conversation with exactly. your doctor. Exactly. And mm -hmm. then educate yourself on how to test for it. Mm -hmm. And then make sure that your doctor has tested for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I'm dealing with people who are paying tens of thousands of dollars a year to these specialized, you know, well-regarded Lyme doctors, mm -hmm. and they're not even being screened for B12. Mm -hmm. that w that's moments at, during an uh, heel high immersive program mm -hmm. of these light bulbs of realizing. Mm -hmm. So we all have the tools. Right. It's just empowering ourselves to yeah. believe that we can heal ourselves. Yeah. So, and I'm sure because for, for a lot of listeners, they'll be wondering, what are some of those basic tests? So if we have some of those symptoms, um, it could be Lyme related, related, could be just autoimmune reactions. What are some of those basic tests that we should be asking our doctor? I think anyone that lives in America should know that Lyme has been found in every state. And many doctors are not educated about that. Mm -hmm. So they'll say, oh, it's a, there's no Lyme in New Mexico. Mm. Not true. Right. There's no Lyme in Nevada. Not true. Yeah. So people also travel. So if you visited one of travel. those places or somewhere else in the world, in the world, and they don't screen for Lyme disease or co-infections in right. blood banks. Mm. So mm. that's another thing to Ooh. consider. Okay. Yes. Wow. That's good to know. So if you've ever had a transfusion, mm. you might have lived in Antarctica, but you could still get Lyme disease right. if you got a transfusion. Yeah. Right. Um, and Lyme has been found on every continent besides Antarctica. Mm. So. Imagine that. I mean, Iceland, mm. wow. Greenland. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's everywhere. Right. Um, it's, I can't during a podcast go through all of them, mm -hmm. but if you suspect you have had Lyme or exposure, mm -hmm. um, the test that I think is the best is some uh, lab out of Palo Alto called Igenix. Okay. That's with an X. Um, and they do very, very comprehensive Lyme testing. Mm -hmm. And there's other companies out there that are all buying to be the top gun but the efficacy just hasn't been proven yet. Where mm -hmm. Igenix is the gold standard, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. a first. I'd say to almost everyone in America, if you have mounting autoimmune issues, if you have crushing fatigue, mm. if your body starts to go haywire, um, 
and you have unexplained symptoms, digestive mm-hmm. symptoms, mm-hmm. migraines, mm-hmm. neck pain, it's time to invest in test, not guess. Mm, okay. It's the best investment you can make. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing all that advice. But you're healthy now. You're still doing bee venom therapy on yourself. That's something that you continue on, no, a, I on a regular basis. No, I stopped. I stopped, okay. which is okay. why I say I wanted to test myself and yeah. see when if when I stopped and then my mom was dying mm-hmm. and then I was moving, whether it came back. Yeah. It didn't. Okay. But I have now continued a different protocol for bee venom, mm-hmm. which is um, fertility. Okay. So I'm 40. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm trying for a baby. That's great. And um, I really, really educated myself on fertility mm-hmm. and mitochondrial reserves and how to make sure that I create a, um, a platform for my own body to mm-hmm. create the best, healthiest baby. And through my research, I was surprised that I found a study that came out of Egypt two years ago, a comprehensive study on low ovarian reserve hmm. and um, pre- premenopausal symptoms in women under 40. Mm-hmm. And how they reversed it using bee venom therapy. That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's actually so unbelievable. I it's a link on my Instagram mm-hmm. on at Everyday Expert, and I'm keeping there permanently just to show people not about even Lyme, yeah, yeah. but just how literally bee venom for fertility. Mm-hmm. So they took women who had anti-malarian hormone levels sometimes less than one. Mm-hmm. Most fertility clinics in America will not even accept you at less than one. Okay. They'll demand you take a donor egg because you can ruin their statistics. Okay. Oh. Hmm. Of 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 like how um how effective they are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So these women would be clinically in America mostly rejected even in fertility clinics. Right. Um, and these were women under forty, most of them in their early thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, low ovarian reserve and premenopausal. Mm-hmm. They had FSH numbers. Um that were at gearing up towards a woman a decade or two decades older. Mm-hmm. They started them on bee venom therapy, two stings twice a week um, on their pubis bone, and some of the women went from 0.5 anti-malarian hormone level to 2.2, which was normal for their That's age. That's amazing. There is no, and same FSH levels of 57 mm-hmm. gearing up into premenopausal down to their age-related um, numbers. There is no drug on the market in America that, that do does that, that. Yeah. except for when you do like in vitro, mm-hmm. all those drugs they give you, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. those have massive, massive issues. Yes. They, they f- screw your system up. Yeah, yeah. This, is an o- this is the only <coughs> natural way to basically increase fertility. Mm. Uh, it was fascinating. My, yeah. my jaw dropped open and I was like, I'm going to try that. Yeah. So I was last tested for my numbers um, back in December mm-hmm. and I've restarted be venom for myself but only for fertility Mm -hmm. and um i will retest myself um this spring Mm -hmm. and i can't wait to show this Mm -hmm. test yeah for me it's it's evidence-based science yeah 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 um, so the potential. So I don't know yet. Venom. I don't. I don't yeah, know yet. Exactly. We'll, but, we'll speak to you but again. But I will in a share. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'll be shouting but it, from but the this stu- Yeah, the yeah. studies are very promising. Yeah. So bee venom really is a magical natural compound, basically. It is a very powerful antibacterial. Mm. It actually breaks through biofilm. So bacteria create not only the bacteria issue, but mm. they create these like biofilms that are impenetrable. It's mm. why MRSA infections are so hard to get control over. It's not mm-hmm. the actual bacteria, it's the biofilms. Mm-hmm. Biofilms can be so bad in hospitals that they can crawl up tubes and clog up tubes. So doctors don't ex- go so far to yeah. explain biofilms, yeah. but that's many, many times why people can't get rid of bacterial infections, huh. uh, including with Lyme. 
Um, and then there's persistent cells. There's literally these like kind of mothership cells within bacterial infections that are kind of the stem cells. And cancer has stem cells too that kind of, you know, they're stronger, hardier, and they, they're there to persist. Hmm. Exactly their name. Um, so bee venom breaks through both of them, which is incredible. Wow. Um, it also is a powerful antiviral. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've seen that it actually has anti-tumor effects on cancer cells that mm-hmm. is str- stronger than anything else they've found. Mm-hmm. The problem is when people get to the point that cancer has been um, found, their cancer is, to, the, the amount of cancer cells they have has grown so much that there is a cyto- slight cytotoxic effect to bee venom. Okay. So they... Now Big Farm is racing, and scientists are racing to figure out how they can take the powerful aspect of the yeah. anti-cancer yeah. without creating too much of cytotoxicity right. for the patient. But mm-hmm. um, I have no doubt that in 10 years we're going to have bee venom-derived cancer yes. treatments on the market. Mm. I mean, we're going to have markets for everything, and it's a powerful um, anti-inflammatory, right. as powerful as any cortical steroid out there. Right. So why is a protocol so long? Yeah. yeah. You start to literally get at strategically and consecutively <laughs> at these biofilms. Mm. And the difference between bee venom and all other modalities for Lyme disease and chronic illness, like um, chronic Epstein-Barr, is that all other modalities out there, antivirals, antibacterials, work on suppression. Mm. The idea is that it's actually your immune system that kills off what's in you. Mm-hmm. The antibiotics give your immune system a chance. Right. The problem is when you have these chronic infections, your immune system just will never get there. Yeah. It's very, very rare. There yeah. are some outliers that it happens, but yeah. it's very, very rare. Most people right. are not that lucky. Right. Bee venom actually makes it acute. Mm. It pulls it out. Okay. So people will have gotten um, comprehensively tested for Lyme mm-hmm. and believe that they don't have other co-infections like Bardinella, cat scratch fever, mm. herpes, and they start bee venom. Three mm-hmm. months later, they're calling me up, freaking out, because they wake up and there's what looks like tiger scratches along their back. Right. They're like, but I didn't test for Bartonella. Yeah. I'm like, because it was hiding. Yeah. Because blood tests are only testing for what's circulating in your blood okay. at that moment. Right, not mm-hmm. what's... Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And those seconds, you're not getting all of it. Yeah. So okay. people have to keep that in mind. Right. So if there are false... People suspect Lyme disease and there are false negatives. Mm. They actually need to do things to actually encourage it out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So be venom out. makes it And acute. then see what's really in your system. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Crazy, It right? is a lot of work. Um, and if someone wants to, you know, harness the, the power of bees, are there alternative products that you recommend? Um, you Absolutely. Know, pollen, um, propolis. Uh, propolis. So what's, what would be the best, uh, the best way to take advantage of all these beautiful bee products? Well, uh, always products? it's finding the best source and mm-hmm. the most organic. Yeah. Um, I don't plug many brands, but I do plug Beekeepers Naturals. Mm-hmm. Because it's out of Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's because what people don't realize about bees is that they're little, but they're very mighty. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they can travel on average two to four miles Mm -hmm. a day. But they're actually known to travel and been found to travel as long as possible to get to that source. As long as they can find some energy towards some, you know, flowers on the way. way. So bees can... Bees can travel vast, vast distances, which means that even if an organic farm has a five-mile radius... But glycophosphates are, are sprayed on a farm five miles away. Mm-hmm. The bees can still get to it, bring that pollen back. And so people will say to me, well, I think I'm allergic to pollen. It's making me feel sick. Mm. I'm like, where, where are you getting your pollen? Mm. Because if you're taking mass amounts of pesticides in, yeah, right? that's, and that's a concentrated form. That's what's making you sick. Yeah. Again, propolis. Mm-hmm. You want to ensure that 
the bee products, apotherapy it's called, bee products that are medicinal and healing that you get are the highest quality. I love Beekeepers Naturals because mm-hmm. they are stringent upon about their lab testing. Right. And Canada has very, very different guidelines for being able to say organic, organic. honey yeah. And so their radius for what they they accept for organic honey is very, very different than America. Okay. So I recommend organic honey from Canada mm-hmm. and I trust beekeepers because they're constantly testing and right. making sure that their claims are backed. Right, because you could be buying something that says organic honey, organic, you know, byproduct, but if the bees travel to a neighboring farm that is that has pesticides, I, I, I've seen it myself. it's not organic. I've, I've given bees that I've, I've gone to Whole Foods, let's say, mm. bought honey that says 100% organic, mm-hmm. given it to the bees, they're dead a few hours. Pesticides. So the only way I can guarantee that my bees don't die mm. is I, I just use beekeepers naturals. Right, 100% organic. Yeah. And yeah. propolis is an incredible antibacterial, antiviral. Mm. I love it. It also has a soothing anti-inflammatory mm. effect in the digestive system. It's a wonderful modality to mm. also use in conjunction. And bee pollen is like basically mini allergy ta- um, allergy shots. Mm. It's giving your body microdoses mm-hmm. of what is around you and teaching your body how not to have an inflammatory reaction to that. Mm. So altogether, bees are incredible medicinal mm. insects that we have to really work hard to protect. Mm, mm. I totally agree. So how do you find balance in your life today? So you are you are you're you're now back to being healthy, thriving, yeah. uh, starting to be venom therapy again for fertility reasons. What's what's your other routine? What are some of the other uh, things you do to make sure you you feel balanced, feel healthy, and uh, on a daily basis. I chose not to forget the lessons I learned from healing my body, mm-hmm. which is exercise, detox, healthy food. Mm-hmm. The one thing you can control every day is not your environment, but what you put in your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so food is first, Yeah. and I'm bullish about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not gluten, it's something called ATIs. Everyone's inflammatory towards them, so yeah. it's not gluten if you're if you're like oh gluten intolerance yeah. is too widely used it's called something ATIs. Okay. They just discovered that all wheat proteins have an inflammatory structure. 2% of the wheat protein, not okay. 20 to 30% like gluten. Mm. But the thing I say to people, first things first, go gluten free mm-hmm. across the board. Mm-hmm. Throw out everything in your kitchen that has gluten. Mm-hmm. Make sure every spice, every jar, everything ha- it says gluten free. Mm-hmm. And I'm celiac and yeah. I even get glutened all the time right. because it's so it's in toothpaste, it's in your lip chap. It is in your hairspray. It is in your wow. body lotion. Huh. It is in your dog's shampoo. Hmm. Yeah, it's everywhere. So mm. we're just getting attacked. Yeah. And even if you're not sensitive to gluten, every single person sensitive to this new chem- uh, structure they found in wheat proteins called ATIs, mm-hmm. they cause a massive inflammatory um, reaction in everyone. Mm. So the first thing you can do to bring down inflammation in your body, anti-aging, is take out gluten. Mm-hmm. Second thing is to lessen how much you rely on fast food, fast mm. fast grab. Processed and foods even if it seems healthy, even if it's organic, and yeah. start to really learn how to cook for yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, third is the, u- the, the use of the word detox is bandied about, but actually it's very important. It's important to give our bodies the, the, the tools to, to release what does not serve us. Mm-hmm. And um, I love colonics, I love near-infrared sauna, that's very yeah. different than far-infrared. Yes. Um, and, uh, and just you know, using things like cilantro for heavy metal release, um, hmm. gentle modalities that just help assist the body. Sleep is really important. I think we mm-hmm. have a lot of sleep um, pollution, mm-hmm. like like pollution that affects our sleep, and mm-hmm. people don't realize that. 
and especially from cell phones to just yes. you know um, lights in cities mm-hmm. and um, really whether you feel up for active yoga mm-hmm. people don't really realize that vinyasa yoga is only one aspect of yoga mm-hmm. yoga is really a, a practice of mind body mm-hmm. and um, even if you're bedridden you should be doing yoga every day right and um, the more that I embrace all of these on a daily basis and make it into a lifestyle and that structure where it's effortless the more you know you can just stay healthy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. thank you for the, uh, the the very wise advice if we go back in time as as far as you want, is there something you would have done differently or something that you would change if you had a chance to go back and do it all over again? For others, yes, not for me. Okay. Because every mistake led to the wisdom I have now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yes, in so many ways, I wish I had probably with all together the $200,000 I spent needlessly. Mm -hmm. I wish I had back the time, the pain, but I also would not be able to advocate for what I'm advocating now mm. with the authority that I have if yeah. I had not actually gone through it all myself. If yeah. I had not tried ozone, if I had not tried IVIG, if I had not tried every single thing all these other people with Lyme disease try, mm. mm-hmm. rice machines, all of that, I wouldn't be able to say, no, it does not work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that whatever, looking back, there's nothing I could have changed. Mm. That it's all informed me now. Yeah. And um, I'm... I'm, I'm glad. I'm mm-hmm. glad to be able to have gone through it, mm-hmm. so I can, you know, teach others. Mm-hmm. If we fast forward ten years from now, looking back, what will be the one thing that you'll be the most proud of? Saving lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a that's a beautiful one. Yeah. Is there a book that deeply influenced you or changed your life? Gosh. Almost all of them. Mm-hmm. I think reading is dying. Mm-hmm. Um, the first company I ever built was a library okay. and writers, <laughs> writers, a nonprofit to mm. support writers and publishers. Mm-hmm. Um, because I deeply believe in the power of education, mm-hmm. and you don't need to go to the best university mm. if you have a library. So I wish I could just say there's what that one book, but there isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I encourage people to get off your cell phones, get off Instagram, yeah. get off social media, keep it to a strategic point of your day, yeah. and start, you know, putting um, putting a book by your bedside yeah, table. Read, read in between. Yeah, mm-hmm. whatever you can get your hands on. Mm-hmm. We we are living in a in a world in which books are online and free. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's no excuse not to be educated. Mm-hmm. And is there a quote or a saying that you especially like or something that you repeat to yourself over and over? The thing that I repeat all the time, test not guess. Mm. And I mean that in almost everything, right? Um, You can take friendships. People are scared to express themselves Mm. fully, to tell people their vulnerabilities, Mm. to tell people how they really feel about them or what's bothering them. Mm. Test not guess. Yeah. Be yourself. Mm-hmm. Put it out there. Mm-hmm. Because what's the point of a false friendship? Mm-hmm. It's never going to get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can take that mantra and actually apply it to anything. Mm-hmm. Not just medicine. And you can apply it to entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. It's you true. don't know. It's true. Until, until you, you try it. it. Yeah. Test yeah. not guess. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brooke, for oh, coming so on welcome. The Female Leads. It was great talking to you. It was awesome. Thank you to Brooke for a fantastic interview. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe to The Brand is Female wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Please give us a good rating. We'd love a review as well. 
Follow us on Instagram and visit thebrandisfemale.com. You can also get your tickets for our May 14 in conversation with the brand is female featuring Janet Zuccherini and Najwa Zibian. I'll be back in a week with a new guest on the show. Thank you for listening.